Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Adderling Spiritcast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, metaphysics, astrology, tarot, Reiki, meditation, anything in that realm. And we are so excited to share today's episode. Uh, <clears throat> we recorded it a while ago. Yep, we recorded it in February, I think, right? Yeah. Well, as we've said many times in past episodes, we do pre-record some of these episodes and we release them when we are divinely guided to. And now is the perfect time to release this amazing episode. Yes, it's, uh, we've learned so much talking to our guests. She was extremely knowledgeable extremely like loving i think this was one of the interviews where we were actually in tears by like the end of it from some of the stuff that we talked about um we're not gonna go too much into it because we want to uh would you listen to it yeah but she just she's just very wise and she talks a lot about like how we all together can like heal the world you know so that's why we think that this is a great time to release this Mm -hmm. episode and um you know as usual we always ask that you like you know, subscribe. Actually, we never asked you guys to, but we are now. <laughs> <laughs> to subscribe to... To just everything oh, that we do. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so, you can you should go follow us over on Twitter at uh, edpro underscore pgh, uh, at Instagram at edarlene, Tumblr at edarlene, on YouTube, where we put out Reiki-infused <clears throat> videos almost every single day. Mm-hmm. There's a ton. Yeah. You can get some free distant Reiki at any time at your convenience from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. <laughs> from our YouTube. Yeah. Um, you can send for our email list at, on our website at Darlene.com to get a free Reiki session every month. We send out at the beginning of every month. The end. Well, the end. Sometimes the middle. Sometimes the middle, sometimes the beginning. But you got to be on that list to know when we're going to send it out. I'm not very consistent, but I do send it out every month. You get it. You'll get it. But you'll get it. <laughs> um, also, uh, we we just recently started promoting our Patreon. Support us on Patreon. We would appreciate it. Um, yeah. We post exclusive <laughs> content on Patreon. Yeah. Only on Patreon. Like, um, what happens when love spells go wrong? Or, uh, stay woke, don't provoke. That's a fun story. There's mystic story time. Yep. And then there's just, like, extended, um like, bonus content, like, some of the things that we didn't add in the episode, um, from various guests, or it's just us chatting about things more in depth, like, uh, we're planning on doing a Lemurian chat, specifically for Patreon, just going more in depth with that, and... We have different tiers, you can go over there and get into that, we'd appreciate it. Um, what else? Is there anything else? Anything anything? anything new happening with you? With me? <laughs> Just your normal, you know, uh, Dark Knight of the Soul, the past four, five months, Shadow. pandemic style. <laughs> I did, um, well, we, we did talk to a guest that actually talks about, uh, he almost does like an energy update. It's really cool. Um, it's like an ascension update. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be our, that's definitely most likely going to be our next episode Mm -hmm. uh we get into like galactic spirituality and stuff like that uh which was a lot of fun he's our first guest to actually like go in depth about that we didn't know that's how the interview was going to go but yeah see i think it'd be cool to have him on every like six months to do the ascension updates if he'd be open to if he's open to it if you listen to this landon we'd love that yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) um but other than that i mean I've just been focusing on, on me, mm-hmm. focusing on myself, reading, doing some <clears throat> studying, going back into hermit mode mm-hmm. fully at this moment in time of recording this. Yeah. Because, you know, with everything happening right now and 
just social media in general, it's going to be very depressing. So you got to focus on you and worry about yourself a little bit. Um, the way you don't pour from an empty cup. You got that from that reading. I did. <laughs> I, I did. just did a reading for her. I really, I think we're going to make a um, blog post about um, soon about like my favorite tarot readers on YouTube. Because mm-hmm. I've been like straight up just... <laughs> Doing a lot of tarot. Doing a lot of tarot, watching a lot of tarot, and doing all that stuff. I not recommend doing that. But <laughs> if you are interested in seeing some cool readers on YouTube, there's a ton, and I can list my favorite ones. Yeah. So, so that's that's in the, in the works. At Arlene.com. At Arlene.com. Coming. Something's gonna be out soon. Yeah. All right. So we have just like a quick ad from one of our sponsors. And then we'll be into the interview with uh, Karen Newman, which is, she's amazing. And yeah. Yeah. Go on with Open Mind and let us know what you think. Today we have a really awesome guest and her name is Karen Newman. And um, she's an internationally respected spiritual teacher, intuitive, and yogi. She also channels a non-physical collective of beings named Theos. Um, is there anything else I should add? <laughs> no, that's it. That's pretty much me. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's also a Reiki master. Yes. We were just talking yes, about yeah. that. I'm also a Reiki master. Yeah. <laughs> many yeah. years. Yeah. Okay, so my first question is, how did you get started on your spiritual path? Okay, well, it started many, many, many years ago. I'm, I'm saying that because I feel I'm not old, but I'm not young. Um, but when I was really like five years old, um, I kind of came in with a big desire to want to know God. And um, that never changed. And it's only, it's been very constant in my life. And so I was always seeking, you know, as, as, as young as I can remember, my question has been, you know, how do I know God? How do I find God? How do I get God? <laughs> you know, and uh, without it being religious, but really truly like a devotion, I was, I can say with all honesty that I was in love with the divine from the time I knew that there was a divine. And I don't know when I knew that, but I don't have any memory other than that. And so that's, that's really when it started for me, really small. And um, I, there was a couple of things that happened. Um, I had a near-death experience uh, also when I was about five years old. And to be very honest, I don't know if one preceded the other because my memory of wanting to know God, I don't, know exactly did it start when I was two or did it start when I was four or five. But I know that after that experience, I was very certain that I could have communication with God. I was very certain because I I drowned in a pool and I was gone for a few minutes. And uh, during that time, I still remember it very clearly. I remember being... Um, I didn't float up into the air. I was suddenly somewhere else. And uh, I remember having this feeling of music, but it wasn't music. It was kind of like, but it was being in, in sound is the best way to say it. And having this idea of being expectant, like 
someone was going to come to me or someone was going to talk to me. And I was sort of there waiting. And I remember the visually, it was like being in an all white room, but that didn't have a floor. It didn't have a ceiling. There were no walls, but yet it was all, it was sort of in the midst of, of this. And then all of a sudden I was back in my body and, um, I say back in my body, but all of a sudden I was choking up water um, on the side of the pool where people were, I guess they were giving me you know, life-saving procedures. But that was the moment where I knew that I could communicate or that I could have communication. And so that made my desire for communication even more. And I was always this kid who would walk around and sort of talk to the air and be like, you have to talk to me, God, where are you? And stuff like that. And then finally, um, I was a little older and finally I, I got that communication, I guess probably a year later. And I, that's when I really started talking to my guys, who at the time I would have said was God. And at this time I would say, we're all God. So yes, it's God, but you know, the larger part of me kind of idea. So yeah, that's really how it wow. started. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Wow. Oh, man. Um, so were you always able um, to channel as well, yeah. or was that later? Well, channeling itself in the way that where you sit down and you bring, you know, the information through, that started in like 2010. Just one second. I have water that all of a sudden the electricity of India comes in and out, and it wasn't on, and now it just came back on and my water started cooking, so I had to unplug it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we started this off with no electricity. But, um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. um, so, well, no, I I, um, I started channeling in 2012, um, like okay. the, the way of channeling, bringing messages. But my communication started, like I said, when I was six years old. And I talked to my guides my entire life. And I mean, really conversations, there was never this idea of I had to share it with other people, or I was supposed to be talking to other people or teaching them. It was really my communication and my devotion and, and my learning, really. And it was just within my own, you know, um, within my own self that this was all going on. I told my mother and she was, you know, she was like, okay, if you're talking to God, you're talking to God. Um, but it wasn't like I was, yeah, but I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't preaching or I didn't have this sort of, uh, desire to share or it was really for my own. I mean, I was a little kid, so it was more like, these were my friends who was God, who was talking to me. And it was always beautiful things like, you know, I was always told that I, that, that I was loved and I was taught all kinds of truths. Um, and, you know, that was all that it was about until later on. And I had started to do some teaching, but still with my own connection, just sharing what I knew. And it was through a friend of mine who said to me, I think you should start channeling. Or she said, I'm surprised you're not channeling. But up until that moment, I promise you, I never thought about it. It was not something I desired, had ever sought out or anything. I really... I, it wasn't even in my wheelhouse of things that I wanted to do or would even consider doing. So, yeah, that's basically so, it. If you don't mind me asking, sure. Um, for God's voice 
how did it come through to you? Um, in the Bible, it says it's a still, small voice. And, and that's exactly how it came through. I'll tell you what happened. I was, um, my grandmother lives in Cumberland, Maryland, up there um, in the mountains. And and when when I was a little kid, the, there were still coal mines and they would, you know, there'd be coal all over the railroad tracks. And I used to walk down the lane. And we're talking about a little tiny rural town with two houses on the street where she mm. lived. And um, I used to go pick up coal and then throw it. You know, that's what you did. And I was kind of walking up and down the railroad tracks doing that. And, and I was having my kind of conversation of why won't you talk to me? And when are you going to talk to me? And I just had this belief that if I asked enough and was, you know, certain enough that it would happen. And, and just at one moment I heard, we are here and we love you. Wow. Oh my goodness. And I was, and I was just like, Finally, you know, finally, <laughs> you know, but I was like, you know, and so, and I asked, and I, it was interesting because, you know, not to go so much into my childhood or anything, but you know, there was times that, and just like in everybody's lives, there's challenging times, you know, in my early childhood and up and through my teenage years, there was some early times, and I said, well, why are you talking to me now? you know, why now after me, you know, shouting at the air forever. And, and um, I just heard that you need us now. And we're, we'll, we're always here for you. You know? Wow. Oh my goodness. So uh, it gives me chills. It does. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, so they, that was it. That was, that was the whole thing. And it wasn't some big, you know, angel from on high or anything. Like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like for some reason, I, I don't know. I, I just envision like, I, I don't know what I was thinking, like just like a, a deep voice or something that like No, it was just through. it's the same um, voice that's in your own head, but a loving yeah. version of it. And there was never yeah. ever there's never anything that was ever it, it was it's the one thing that I can tell you is that it was so clear and is so clear, it's never gone away, so just so you know. But it, it's so clear and so positive that I never had any doubt about it like it was never like oh is this real is this not real it wasn't until I sort of told some people that um I got and that wasn't even until I was a you know like a teenager but it wasn't until I told other people that they were like you know be sure that it's you know really God and not something else and all this and and you know that that's all fear-based stuff but I yeah, never had a doubt I never had a doubt about it. And the only thing that, you know, I would, I was really, <laughs> I was really quite happy about it. And, and, you know, I was constantly in conversation with them um, all the time, like, like all the time. There was no, there's not, there was no break between the conversation that I had with them from that very moment till now. And it's a constant checking in and listening and talking and going back and forth. And it's not like they're sitting at a table and they're like spouting knowledge at me, but it's, it's just this instant, you know, this instant kind of, I don't, I, I don't want to use the word telepathy because it's not telepathy. It's, it's just checking in and asking and having a thought and having the thought be answered and, 
you know, sometimes I would talk to them like I'm talking to you with my voice and, and just have conversations, but, but I didn't hear them outside of my own head. It wasn't like they were talking out or anything, but sometimes when I would really be having a hard time, I would, I would sit down and be like, okay, we got to have a conversation because this isn't going well and I need to know what to do. And it's just stuff like that. So it, yeah, it's hard to really explain, but I never doubted that. And, and the only thing they ever talked about again was love. Um, they were always telling me about when I would look at other people and I would start to have like judgy kind of thoughts or they would always just kind of try to give me the dynamic of what was really happening there and what that person was experiencing and trying to teach me really empathy for everything and everyone. And, you know, it, it, it extended like that. And I wanted to know how to be a better person really, you know, I mean, six and seven, I don't know how bad of a person you could be, but I wanted to know. And um, I asked them, what did I need to know? What did I really need to know? And so they sent me to the Bible and they said, open the Bible. And, and it was just this Bible and I flipped it open and they just said, look down and read what you see. And I read a verse and it just said, it was first um, John four twenty, And it said, if a man says he loves God, but he hates his neighbor, he is a liar. For how can wow. he love God who he has not seen and hate his neighbor who he has seen? And then they said, that is all you need to know. Always ask yourself, is this love or not love? Wow. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's so yeah. good. Yeah. And so that, that was it. That was it. That was, they said, that's it. They, I didn't need to know anything else. And to, if I always ask that question of any six, uh, circumstance and, and if enough, you know, and it was about loving and, and being love and, and seeing love and all of those things. And that was it. And, you know, it's not always that easy to live up to, but that's their whole message. Really. It's just that truth. You can't say you love God. You can't, and then, then walk on the world with the heaviest feet, you know, knocking mm -hmm. out, knocking down the world. So, yeah. yeah, that, that was it. And so that became like my sort of measuring stick for everything. And as I would, as I got older, you know, I, I really wanted to meet people that had that same kind of communication and that same kind of love that I had and that was that was a challenge and um, I went into a couple different religions I went into like born again Christianity because I was like these people love God you know there was no doubt that they loved God but if I found that there was a lot of things in there that I didn't really resonate with and so I didn't get mad at God like oh this isn't right this isn't true it's just more like okay that's one thing and this is another so I kind of approached everything and it wasn't really until I kind of found Hinduism that I said, this is my home. This is, this is my truth. Because there was a lot of principles of truth that I had been taught and shown that are just smack dab right into, in the Hindu text. I mean, I, I read everything and I just was like, I recognize this. I know this. I know this stuff. And um, that's how I kind of landed in, in Hinduism. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been um, practicing Hinduism? 
Well, um, really, since I was about 19, um, I kind of came in like a lot of people come into it, like through autobiography of a yogi and reading about Ram Dass. And um, he had a book called Be Here Now. And um, so through that and then through that stuff, you know, you go and you start reading the different the different Hindu texts like the Gita and the Ramayana and all of these different um, different sacred texts that they have, you know. But Hinduism is not a religion in itself. It, Hinduism just means the path, and it's actually not even called Hinduism. That's the Western term. It's called uh, Satna Dharma, which just means the path, your life path. And you can be any religion and have any belief, you know. And you're, if you're following your Dharma, then you're doing the right thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, that's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, I li- I like how young you were to like just you know as a child having this connection and then just sticking with it. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes we're young and we are like connected like as children, and then mm-hmm. as we get older, we like kind of like let life affect our connection to like this divine um like you know whatever i feel like we let circumstances yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. circumstances that's okay too that's like part of your part of your progression you know that's also part of it so whatever you learn and experience in that time it's it's something that you will need for later to share and to help other people basically i mean it, it, you know the end result of any spirituality really is the only achievement is when you're, you become in service to other people and you can't teach people what you don't know oh so oh, yeah. all of the wow. things that people go through no matter where they are in their path whether it's you know really in into what you call darkness or you know in, in every shape way or whatever then that's what you have to teach um i met a woman today as i was sitting at this little cafe um doing some work because they have wi-fi and um (laughs) and there was this lovely woman and she had these really amazing eyes and we were talking and she had lost her child um six years ago and you know you could just see like she was young but she lost her child and would be like 16 now and you could just see that that pain was so viable for her. I mean, it's so real right this very moment. And she'd been traveling in India, which a lot of people do. They just come and they just travel. And the one thing that she does is that she does um, sort of blessing rituals for people who've lost their children. And she takes the child's name and she puts it on this little, like, bead boat and then with the flowers and she lights a candle and she does a blessing and she takes the picture for the family and then she lets the the little boat go down Ganga and it's so healing for her that she can connect to these people that have lost you know their child and it's something that only she would have been doing if she hadn't lost her child so it's you know it's a tragedy but she's sharing and she's healing herself and healing other people because of what she's going through because she isn't the only one ever that will lose their child now in the future in the past but she wouldn't have been called to that unless she had had that you know same thing with people yeah yeah, become drug counselors and you know the, the best ones are the ones that have overcome their addiction 
you just can't relate unless you've had the experience. So every path is valid. Every place anybody is, is, is really where they should be until it's time for them to be somewhere else. So there's no shoulds, I think, in, I just said that should be, but there's no ab absolute wrong place to be because ultimately we all get there. We all wake up, we all grow, you know, we all live all the experiences that the divine had in mind. We're just the expression of that in all of its many facets, you know, light and dark and everything in between. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people beat themselves up because of um, certain things that happen in, in life. And I that perspective is really nice. Like, it makes you, you know, I don't know. It pulls you into the current moment. Yeah. Like, you yeah. accept, like, certain situations, seeing how, like, it could help others. Like, that woman you spoke of, um, you know, now she's helping other women. Yeah. It's very, like... Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. It's really great. You know, when you're in a situation and when you, it's hard to know that, that you're on the right place. But for the people who are waking up and there, there's this sort of, I get questions from people sometimes and they're like, how do I make my partner see the light and, and stuff like that? And you don't. No. You know, I mean, if, you know, if someone's drowning, of course you save them. You know, you don't, it doesn't, it, preclude action or feeding the homeless or it doesn't preclude any kind of loving action but the action that you're doing for them should have no other motivation other than to meet that immediate need because everything else is just it's, it's your ego hmm. wanting them to do something to be something to have something you think that they need we don't really know exactly what other people need so, but we can meet their immediate needs like feeding them and caring for them. But other than that, there's not much else we need to do. I love them and love them no matter where they are in their stuff. Oh man, oh, it's like that simple. We just overcomplicate. Yeah, we overcomplicate life in every facet. It is so yeah. simple. Yeah, we do. But you know, that's. That, that's just part of the growth, I think, of, of of the realization that we're all we're all God. <laughs> we're just all God, and we can't be anything else other than that. So, someone, I had this realization, I guess, a year or so ago, and because there's still, you know, I mean, I'm talking like some kind of you know wise person, but I will tell you that you know sometimes I have my own questions and. Um, and I had, I was asking about, you know, what happens when we die and what happens to your soul. And, you know, I, you know, I'm always like, what's going to happen to Karen? Where's Karen going to go? And is Karen going to remember that she's Karen? And I was told that truly when we really wake up, we, 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 we're, we don't realize that we're, Karen is a God. Karen is not a God. Karen is the costume God is wearing. Like, with you two, you know, you're a costume that God is wearing to have the unique experience mm -hmm. that only you can have. And when we really wake up, we're just God awake. And we're, but we, you know, we, we, we wake up and then we're just the memory of, oh, wasn't that fun to be Etta or wasn't that fun to be Karen, you know, and that's it. So truly waking up 
you, you cease, you cease to be. But it's okay because then you're just awake. You're just God awake going, oh, isn't that fun? You know, so this idea of like holding on and needing anything to be other really than what it is is, is quite pointless, really. It's quite pointless because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not going to change for you or for anyone else or for your own satisfaction. And, you, and again, it's like, why do you need something to be different? You really don't. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up. And then it's really just that simple to just kind of be, wow. Mm. We definitely overcomplicate our lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're human. Everybody's yeah. human. Everybody well, that's part of the human thing, though, yeah. too, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so we did touch on the channeling, and I mm-hmm. do um, I do want to talk about Theos. Sure. I wondering if you could explain Theos for our listeners. Yeah, okay. Well, and, and, and I will tell you that my understanding of them has evolved as well. Okay. Um, okay. You know, yeah. since, since I first met them, because in the beginning it was God for me and yeah. continued to be just God. And then as I sort of, you know, as I got older and I started to have a little bit more sort of different terminology, you know, as you start to learn terminology, I started to say, oh, you know, maybe it's my angels. And then I would be like, no, it's God. It's God. And I've gone, I've kind of come first full circle. I've been like, well, it's my angels. No, it's my higher self. No, it's God. And, and I, I would say it's all of that. (laughs) It's everything. And it's me. It's the larger part of me that is um, they they use a good example, and I'll tell you what they say. They say it's like a tree, and you have the tree that's on the ground, and then you have the root system. And we're we're the tree on the ground, and then they're the sort of root system, but that that are plugged into Mother Earth, which we'd be plugged into the sort of all that is. And um, but it's one tree, right? The tree and the roots are not separated at, at any. And on in any way, the only thing the ground makes it look like there's a tree standing there. But if you go under the ground, the roots are there and it's all one tree. And that's kind of how this is, that they are the root system of me. And I am their projection into this world. So you too are would be the projections of your higher self into this world. But you're not mm-hmm. separate at all. And they're the part of me that has the memory of who they are, really. They have the memory. And the reason it's a they is because it's complicated, but the soul is multifaceted and there are many... um, Okay, there's like one giant consciousness that's God. And then God wanted to experience himself do you know that do you know that uh, story about how everything started and where life came from and everything like that or, or basic the basics do you know that or not um not necessarily no. okay i'll go back i'll go back <laughs> i'll go back we'll go back to the beginning of everything if you if you think about god and, and if you think about sacred ge- geometry which is a great analogy of this is that you have the single point and and in or in, in in Kabbalah, you have 
the Ain Sof R, which is just pure consciousness and pure potentiality. There's, it's, it's, it's everything. And there's nothing that's outside of everything, right? Everything is everything. So there's not like God and then something next to God. God is everything and encompasses everything. So that's kind of mind bending, but just for, for the sake of keeping it condensed, we'll think about it as like a giant ball, but a, not a ball that has an outside, but everything within the ball is, is God. And God being everything could not experience itself because it was literally everything. So it kind of drew itself back in sort of a vacuum and projected itself outward like with like a single point from one point to another, you have like a line. And from the one point that where the God was that had drawn itself back, it could then see itself, excuse me, to that single point that is the line. So that's how creation really happened, that God pulled himself back so that he could project himself out into the vacuum and then observe himself. And we're all just projections outward. But because the efficiency in the grand scale of the entire universe, which I've often joked it could really be the size of the marble, we really don't know. We think it's so huge, but you know it's all in perspective of how big we think we are. But that projection is what we are. And within, within the universe, there is hierarchies of consciousness. There's the consciousness that is very close in proximity, though it's not really a distance, it's sort of a consciousness level that has more awareness of itself. It would be like the thing that is just so very close to the actual beginning of the projection. And as it goes down or as the levels descend, consciousness becomes less and less and we become denser and denser and there's more matter. And so we are in a physical form that has matter and, and consciousness, but we don't have the consciousness of, say, an angel or the consciousness of a god or the consciousness or of whatever that hierarchy could be. So I used to say that Theos was an aspect of my higher self, and they corrected me. They said, no, you are our projection into this world, just as they are the projection of the divine into existence. And because we're all divine... Because we're, you know, there's no separation really between any of it. We are, in fact, the projection of the divine into consciousness from the all potential into potential. Does that make any sense? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. To, if I had a chalkboard, I'd be, I could show it a little better. But that's really how it is. And so Theos is that. They are my higher self. They are me, but the non-physical, highly more conscious of how things really are part of me, the part of me that understands things on a, on a much higher scale. And so, and I would say they're closer in, in they're closer in the, and, and, and it's hard to say divinity, but they're closer to that, the, 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 the beginning of source than say I am, though I say that, but yet there's no separation. In my, own in my own ability to perceive, probably is a better way to say it, they're closer so that the, the knowledge that they share and that they give 
is so much more clear and without any kind of trappings of ego or desire or anything that you know we as humans are walking around thinking they really see things from that perspective and they have a clear understanding of who who we are as, as humans and what we're here to learn and experience much more than say i have to learn those things but they know them that's the best way to say to say it so did did theos for you come through in 2012 no, they came through as Theos in 2010. 2010. And, okay. Yeah. Um, what happened is I was, I, I don't, I don't know exactly. I, I remember because I, you know, I've lived in the same house for a while. So I remember being in my living room and I was having a conversation with them. And I remember them saying, would you like to know our name? And I, I was like, dumbfounded because I had literally never thought of them having a name and I didn't think of them as being having even personality which I wouldn't say they really well they do have a sort of personality but I didn't think of them as being entities or beings or anything like that I I I, I, I had never thought of them like that they were literally just that presence of love that I was tapped into and talking to constantly but I never had visualized them as having, you know, any kind of shape or form or anything like that. And so when they said, would you like to know our name? I, 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 I really, I just said, I was embarrassed a little bit because I had never even thought of them as having a name. And I thought, wow, how selfish and self-centered am I? <laughs> that I never even bothered to like say, hey, tell me about you. You know, I never did. Yeah. I never did. And um, so that became a whole other aspect of a, of a, or a dynamic in my conversation with them. And, uh, and of course I said, yes, you know, what is your name? And they said, we've chosen a name for you they said we don't have a name but we've chosen this name for you and and you can call us theos and i said okay and then i thought and so i looked it up <laughs> i looked it up yeah. on google and uh and it said theos it means um the knowledge of god wow. and, I, and i thought oh, wow. okay wow. yeah and so I was like, well, where are you? <laughs> you know, are you, you know, and, and, it, and I will tell you at this point, I think I had started, I'm pretty, yes, since 2007, I had been listening to Esther Hicks. And okay. she, was the, yeah. she yeah. was the only channel that I had listened to. I had read uh, a couple of the Jane Roberts books, um, the, like The Coming of yeah. Seth, I think I read, mm -hmm. and Seth Speaks. Those were the two I had read. But I read them years ago. And what's really funny is we had all those books in my house um, growing up. And I didn't even know that we had them there. I think I must have read them when I was young. But I didn't know that we had, like, the full compendium of every Seth book. That, that, wow. but, yeah. but we did. So maybe osmosis got to me. But um, So I've been watching Esther Hicks. And so when I started talking to them, I said to them, where are you? And they said, well, we exist within the, the Shekinah. And I thought, okay, what is that? And um, the Shekinah is, uh, in, in Judaism, is the presence of God. 
So they were the knowledge of God talking to me from the presence of God. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and th so these were this, th this is what they told me. And, you know, they, they told me that they, they don't really um, have a physical body, though that they said they, they can have a form. They have form. Um, and um, there was three of them and that they were, they, they spoke as one, so they had a sort of group mind, though that's not really true. It's sort of, they are, they have different, they are also projections of the divine. So they've also had different uh, modes of being, it's the best way to say. But when they were talking to me, they were just one voice, one sound, one. But they were always we. And as I have found other people um, who talk about their higher self, they also talk about their we and that there's a sort of collective there. So the words that I use to describe them as being a non-physical collective sounds like they're very organized and there's a lot of formality there, but I don't think that that's really true. I think it's more that that is the way that higher selves are. Um, so that's really what I know about them. And they told me that the way that they experience things, that things is they can project their focus into anything that they really want to experience, like me. I am their projection, you know, and they have many projections, as do everyone. And they're not just people. They are water and, and trees and, you know, so, and what I also understand that is within creation, you know, we always think about things from our perspective, like we're, everything's here sort of existing for us, but, you know, there's a lot going on in the molecule and, and molecules have their own sort of level of consciousness and they are also the divine. So it gets really, really complicated, but that's how I understand it now. So Theos is me, just the part of me that is aware. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. That you know, that's interesting. Um, because I I believe Esther her first um introduction to a channel like a person who could channel like a higher being's name was also Theo. It was Theo. Theo. Yeah. Theo. Theo. Okay. Theo. Yeah. yeah. And that okay. woman is still channeling. Actually, she's still okay. channeling. I think I you know I don't know I've not listened to her ever. But um, I think she's on the Kevin Moore. Okay. Kevin Moore interviewed her, I think, because he told me that he was at that time. He told me he was going to interview her, and he asked. And I've had many people say, "Is there any connection?" And uh, no, there isn't. But I know that she was the one who said to Esther that she would be channeling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I bet you do get a lot of questions about Theo <laughs> and. Then in Theos. Yeah. I okay. think Theos yeah. is a group of 12 angels. That's what I, or Theo, not Theos. Theos, Theo is a group of 12 angels from what I understand. Okay. Archangels. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I did a meditation a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like early on, it was probably around the time I had gotten my like final Reiki attunement. And, um, I had, had it was like a archangel and it, and he was explaining the different parts of us and like 
I don't know. It was really interesting. So I, I like listening to you because it kind of makes that meditation experience have more, um, I don't know, context or mm-hmm. just more like meaning. And I, it happened to me when I, I wasn't familiar with anything, like any of this. And I was like, well, that was like strange. And I remember talking to um, Arlene about it and I'm talking to more and more people. And I mean, what you said is amazing. It really like, like adds to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I've had a lot of, I, there's this one gentleman that I work with quite a lot. I do a lot of channeling with him. He's a client. And be, what's very nice is that with him is that he has such good questions, things I don't even think to ask about, you know. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stuff that, that I've learned, I've learned through, you know, the sort of re- repetitive or channeling with him. Because when you channel with someone just once, it's, a, it's one kind of, experience but when you sort of start to have a long-term longer-term conversation you can really get into some depth and he's got some seriously good questions and I will tell you that channeling what I learned about channeling early on and this is actually what Esther Hicks said and and I really listened to her when her husband is still alive it's that his questions were the catalyst for the answer coming come the answers that were coming and that with me, when I was a kid, you know, I was constantly asking, asking, asking. And that was sort of, I guess, the catalyst for their, you know, for them coming to me and, and you know, making me aware of them. But when you're, when you're talking about channeling, the better the question, the more in-depth the question, the better the answer. You know, people that are sort of saying, oh, do you have any messages for me? That's not really a question. But when you ask things like, you know, why am I here? What is the purpose of, you know, being? And all of these sort of deeper soul-driven questions, you you get some answers that are really huge. And everybody really needs to go in inside themselves because that is where your answers are. And, and, and it's not really, you know, it's great to channel for people, but really I would prefer if they would sit down and start meditating and start asking mm-hmm. themselves because it's like eating a chocolate cake. I can tell you how delicious it is and how wonderful it is and yum, yum. But until you actually do it yourself and until you start to make the connection and ask your own questions, you, you don't learn. You don't really, really have the connection. And the connection's what's the most beautiful thing, not the phenomenon of channeling, but the tapping into that divine energy. I mean, it's everything. That's where your stillness is. That's where your peace is. That's where your clear knowing is, you know. And you, you can't give that to another person. The person has to find it for themselves. So um, I would say to you, please keep doing that and, and keep having the conversation because if you ask the question, you will get the answer and you're not going to get it. The only, a good teacher will only tell you to go inside. Really? Because that's well, that where your truest answer is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you like, what tips did you have for people um, for wanting to start the channel? And I think you just start asking questions. Start asking the question. I would say to you that the biggest thing is to want your connection to the divinity, not to channel because you think it's cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seek yourself, your higher self, your higher knowing, because in that, you know, there's, that's where everything is. That's really where it is. Channeling is kind of a, a phenomena um, that is in fashion mm. at the moment. I don't really think that, I, I don't think that it's the, the, what people should be seeking. I think yeah. it, it should be you're seeking your connection to the divine. You're seeking to know yourself. Because when you know yourself and you connect to that, then there's really nothing else you need. You really don't need anything else. Everything else, everything that else becomes just stuff. And and the and the truth of, of knowing sort of who you are is, is really the most beautiful thing. But if you can get there through channeling, fine. But channeling again is a person making a connection and sharing. But it's not you making the connection. So mm. you need to maybe that's a part of like the ego is wanting to look for that outside of yourself. It starts like looking there. for someone else to it's, answer the questions for you. Yeah, it, it also has to do with like you know not sort of having the trust to know that like is this information right? Am I getting it right? And you know, and it's self doubt. Yeah, and also too, it's sometimes a little bit. Um, easier to like ask the question but like I said every good channel is going to tell you to go inside you know I mean there's a lot of channeling now that's about like living your best life and getting everything you want and law of attraction and all that stuff but that's all that's also distraction when you can connect to your divine self and sit still and just be that and, and, and really have that center point in this there's nothing else that you need you don't need that big car you don't need that big salary I mean it's it's a fine to have it but I know a lot of people will be like oh well, screw you I'm getting that big salary I want that guy <laughs> you know I want the material thing I want that I need that iPad but yeah. you know but really when you get past that Really, every all of it. You know, there, there's a reason why people like sell all their stuff and travel with a backpack because they think I don't need anything else, you know. And they just want to be like with nature and all that stuff. That's irreplaceable. You can't manufacture that that realness. And 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 I think that when you have the meditation and you have that sort of connection that's what's really real and all this other stuff that you've been trying to fill your life and fill that kind of all your needs with you realize that that stuff will never satisfy you and you know you have your car and then what and then you have this and then what it's just you know so I think truly it's great to channel um I can take it or leave it to be really honest um Mm. because I for me, it's never been about channeling. It's always just been about the connection, you know. It's been about the connection. It's just been about being able to just tap into that. So, but everybody's different. But I kind of have it on good authority that that's really the, the point of all of this mm-hmm. is to send people to themselves, you know, and to yeah. to to you know to go into service. 
for other people because until people's basic needs are met, you know, until we have no more starving people, until we take care of Mother Earth, until we love our children and, you know, treat people equally and stop seeing color and all those things, then we're really, we're not doing very well. We're not doing very well. So those are the things that are really important. And the other stuff is just distraction. I don't know. I have so many, like, my brain just, like, going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, because I definitely think it's easy to look outside and want, um, like, I don't know how to phrase it, like, almost like this image of, like, what you want, but forgetting that everything's already inside and, like, the relationship you have with yourself is really important as well. But, like, you can get distracted with, like, the out. I don't know. I'm not phrasing this very well. No, I understand. I mean, you know, Um, you don't want to poo-poo any of it. Like, oh, it's good. You know, if if things are your passion and you're, you know, if you're driven to do something and you feel like, you know, you want to invent this next big thing and and you're passionate about it and you put your love into it that's also part of it it's also all part of it there's you know I I spend a lot of time saying there's nothing wrong with any of it you know it's all part of the path what I'm saying is is if you can do any of that stuff from a more centered place you know when you're when you're connected to the divine like and, and really have the connection to that love and that, you know, the ahimsma, which is the not doing harm, the choices that you're making are so different. You know, I think it would be great to have zero point energy. I don't think it's great when you have a a company that's controlling it and, and making it too expensive. I mean, we live in a world now where every single person should be able to have a home. Every single person should have enough food. Every single person should be able to have health care. Every single person should be able to have education. Every single girl should be able to have tampons or whatever they need for their period. And there should be no shame in their bodies. And every single child should not have to worry about, you know, genital mutilation. And every single girl should be able to go to school and not be married when they're 12 or 13 or, and, and not live in fear and all of these things. And when you're acting in consciousness, you know, every person should have running water. When you're acting in consciousness, these things become the priority. Mm. It's one thing to have a lot of iPads, but could I use some of that same money to make sure people that have a village or, or some of my money, if I have enough money to buy an iPad, I also maybe have some money to, Make sure that people in a village that have no running water can have some running water. You know, do I do I walk by the homeless guy and get annoyed that like he's laying on the street? You know, how is that inconveniencing anybody? You know, or or do I feel compassion for him? Do I do I want to give him a coat so he's not cold in the winter at least? Do I want to? I mean, all of these things, and until humanity can't stand the inequality of their fellow man, you know, how can they say they love God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, how? Goodness. How? Exactly. How? How can you? Can't. You can't. So each person, their only responsibility, I believe, in this whole life 
you know, when they wake up. When they're asleep, it's hard to convince them. But all these people that are now walking around woke, if you want to say, you know, their, their only responsibility is to clean up their own life. Because when they do and when they get that connection, they will go into service. They will go into service, you know. And service of humanity can be, I think, the... It's great to, like my friend used to say, it's great to help people that have really no problems. But when you really help the people that are deep in suffering, and suffering beyond measure that we can't even imagine, I mean, just incredible. You know, when we do that, then that's when we start to really wake up. That's when we really are walking in love. And not until then. Really not until then. And there's a lot of beautiful people doing a lot of wonderful things. But there can be a lot more. Yeah, if people just take a moment to think, how can I help anything? My fellow yeah. man, yeah. how can I help in any way? Because I feel like it's especially in the current um, like political climate here in America, yeah. it's easy to get distracted by all of the headlines versus yeah. and to choose to forget about what else is happening in the world and to forget and ignore all the atrocities that are occurring because you feel completely helpless mm-hmm. whereas it's not you can just donate like you said like a homeless person on the street give them a dollar or a jacket if you don't have money give them something like donate your old clothes do yeah. something be good to people be good to people be just, just to being people. nice to people is a huge difference yeah yeah even and, when they're mad at you and even when they're mean to you and even yeah. all don't, those things yeah. yeah 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 it's a lot it's a lot to do you know every time we choose not to feed a person that's hungry that's also a choice you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely it, yeah. i don't know we like disconnect ourselves from it completely um, completely yeah. i just you know, it's just the own. same with eating animals and things like that it's 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 propagating the swami here swamiji he says you know it, it's different now before with vegetarianism, you, you did it to be more spiritual. But now, just if people became vegetarian, everyone would have food in the world. So is that hamburger yeah. that important, you know? And for some people, oh, oh, yeah. you know? I, I mean, it's just stuff like that. I preach on this <laughs> huh? sign people. Um, yeah. just, the, just the environmental impact alone is worth well, that's the and reason now to be vegetarian more than anything else these days. It's really yeah. about and that. Yeah. That and just feeding people. Like, I don't, I can't remember the statistic, but um, like the, just the rate of deforestation just to raise crops to feed cows or to um, herd these animals where that could be used to plant vegetables yeah, right. and so. grains that could feed the world. Yeah. So when you can't get people to even stop, you know, <laughs> destroying the animals, the billions of animals, the genocide of animals every day, we've got a long way to go spiritually. You know, there's so many things that you can just, we could just do differently. And I mean, this sounds all kind of like maybe judgy, but, but it's not really judgy. It's really true. You know, and you think about that little Greta what her name is, and how people got so upset with that little 16-year-old girl, how they were so polarized by this one girl who just wants the world to be healthy. She wants the world to be 
She wants humanity to be okay. She wants her generation to have a world. I mean, you know, I don't know that I share every belief that she has, but what what I what I think is that people are so willing to fight for the limitations of humanity. It's craziness. And everyone talks about this world that they want, but nobody's willing to let go of their, you know, their Starbucks <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you see it through everything, the textile industry. Everything. It's know, literally everything. everything. But that's what I'm saying about the, and, and that's what it goes back to the, the meditation of the person with each person having a sort of a broader consciousness then they in fact do start to change the world because the actions that they take would be very different if they were much conscious more conscious they wouldn't choose to you know drain the very bit of last bit of water from you know away from crops and so that they can bottle it and sell it to you i mean they wouldn't make those kind of choices and until people are really conscious, you can't, you can't really expect that, that, that anything will change. So the best thing people can do more than even trying to channel is to get conscious so that they make choices that are done out of love and not out of greed and not out of just you know, self, selfishness as opposed to selflessness. And it doesn't mean you'd have to give up really anything because there's an alternative for every single thing that is done in sort of a violent way versus done in a loving way. That's all of their conversation. But if you asked what I would teach, I would teach that more than channeling, I think. <laughs> That's the answer to channeling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Of your impact on the world yeah. and on humanity. Yeah. Just, I, that's amazing. That, I love that. Yeah. I'm just going into your stuff, like meditation, like you had said how important it is something yeah about, i don't know wow well if you think about how if you the uh, i'll tell you something that's interesting is that I, there was a point where i was channeling with my eyes open and i was channeling with my eyes open because what i was seeing with my eyes open is much different than what i see with my eyes closed when i when my eyes are closed and i'm channeling i'm kind of just sort of in this sort of I would say disconnected world of bliss and they're, they're channeling away and I'm listening. But, but when I'm channeling with my eyes open, what I see is so amazing. And when I look at a person and I'm they're channeling through me and I'm looking at that person, I'm just seeing this person just glowing in the most beautiful, gorgeous way. And if we could bring out of our meditation, this sort of, eyes of that where we look and see the gloriousness and see the spark of divinity in every single person you can't do anything but love them and that is an amazing goal to have to be able to see every person as glowing divinity because then you would just love that person and you're not going to hurt them when you see them like that you're not going to want to do anything other than love them you can't do anything but love them because they are so amazingly beautiful and glorious. And every single person is that. And I think that should be the goal. To find the ability to, to know the divinity of every single person that you encounter. Wow. How are you going to hurt them? How are you going to do anything other than love them? If you see a person laying down suffering, you're going to help them. 
you can't not. And, and, and again, that's, that should be the goal. That should be the goal of humanity, really. Nothing else matters. Yeah, it's all distraction. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Oh, man. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I really um, appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate yes, you, too. Definitely. You. I'm, like, really feeling it. Oh, yeah, I'm really feeling it. Everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're just amazing. This is a wonderful message. Like, I, I'm really happy. This is wonderful. Um, I mean, it's going on to an hour. I don't okay. want to eat up too much of your time. Um, is there anything you else you would like to add or um, to close the conversation with? Um, yeah, there's just, I would just say for everybody, um, maybe if you're like at all inspired to say, oh, what can I do? How can I help? Right now, the things that are important in the world are things like water, people having running water. Because um, if you if you look at the places that don't have running water, it's the women that suffer. The women are the ones that carry the water. They will usually have to walk two to three hours to get water and two to three hours to get bring it back. So that means that little girls don't go to the school. It means that in communities where there's no running water, women aren't allowed to urinate usually in public. So they have to wait till it's nighttime to go to the bathroom. And they are at the risk of being attacked. Wow. Yeah. I didn't so, know that. so if you want to do something, find a group that's building wells in local communities and give to that. You know, if you want to do something like that, or find some educational programs for young girls going to school, you know, things like most of the time in, in places like Africa, children, they have to have a uniform to go to school. And they have to pay a school fee, which for a, for a Western person is probably 50 bucks a year. But if they don't have the uniform and they don't have the school fee, they don't get to go. So things like that. Find a way to help young girls because educated young women will change the world. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, just $50 and you could help somebody. Wow. You could change their you know, life. Skip your Starbucks. Skip the Starbucks. Yeah. Skip for, the, for two for two, three times. I don't know what Starbucks yeah, costs, but two, three yeah. times. Skip the Starbucks. Stop yeah. getting takeout. Like there's things that you can do right now yeah. to help people. Yeah. The one thing and that educate. West the, Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, it's all it's all fine. Yeah. I like it gets me fired up when I hear stuff like this because it just people make up so many excuses of why they can't make a change in their life or help people. They'll make up a million excuses of why their lives are horrible or, you know, what's wrong with them or what's wrong with their neighbor instead of doing self-reflection and taking some sort of action. Well, that's their path too. So it's valid, but for the people who are saying saying that they want to help in some way, they can. Yeah. They really can. And and if, if, if there's anything that, you know, the, the things that are the most necessary, that those are those are the things that are very necessary. You know, support women in government, support support women's rights, you know, support that. In in the US, support the growth of women in in, in government because 
it's very strange that you know a group of you know 65 year old men will have the administration over a woman's body and not one woman is in the decision making process <laughs> and stuff like that so support support women and and the world the world will be changing because of that it, it's changing now so there's a lot of that happening but i would say just join that and and, and definitely support women and little girls wow. and empower your own children and empower yourself as a woman you know empower yourself so yeah, well, that's the only you. message. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Well, that was a very beautiful message. And I like once I said it, like I said, I already said it, I really appreciate this conversation and talking to you and your insight on the world and everything. This is just a, a great conversation. Yeah. Well, life is yoga. Really so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, blessings to you from the banks of Mother Ganga in the, the beautiful holy city of Rishikesh in the Himalayas. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Okay, so now it's time for Reiki. As usual, at the end of every podcast, we like to send our listeners some distant Reiki. Uh, we advise that you do not drive or operate any vehicles during this mini Reiki session because Reiki sometimes can make you sleepy. So for this session, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and be open to receiving the energies. We like our clients to meditate, but you don't have to. You'll still get the Reiki energy. Um, The music will change, and when the music stops, the Reiki session has ended. Thanks for listening. Bye.